Welcome to Real Testaments. The messages shared at Church of God Mission International, Church for Real. We trust God that through this message, your life will be transformed and you will receive grace to influence your world. God bless you. All right, this morning, like it has been advertised, I am going to begin a series. And then to be honest with you, this series is, I don't know when it will end, but I know that it's starting today. Uh, because I, I say that to say, honestly, this is the whole concept of why Jesus Christ came to earth. Jesus Christ came because of the kingdom of God. Jesus Christ came because of the kingdom message or the kingdom work. So all the things that we are going to be doing and looking at, we're going to be looking at the entire concept of the kingdom of God. Okay, so there are a whole lot of topics that we're going to be bringing out gradually. And as we progress, we will see that indeed this thing is big. Hallelujah. All right, so the, the, the overall topic is the kingdom of God, like advertised. But this morning, I want to talk about the fundamentals of the kingdom. Fundamental is very, very crucial because I want to lay a certain form of foundation. The foundation I'm laying this morning, I want to take it right from the beginning and build it up from there. Praise God. Let's look at our test. Let's look at Matthew chapter 6. It's a popular scripture which we all quote. Matthew chapter 6 verse 33. It says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. I take that again. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. So we're going to know what exactly is the kingdom of God. And secondly, we're also going to know what are the things that are going to be added when you seek. Because the word seek is very broad. The word seek actually means pursue follow, desire, okay? There are a whole lot of synonyms associated with the word seek. So, these are the things that we are going to find out. What is the kingdom of God? So, under the fundamentals of the kingdom of God this morning, I will be breaking it down into subtopics. I pray that I'm able to deal justice with this subtopic in the next, you know, 35 minutes. But if I'm not able to finish today, we'll continue next time. Number one, we'll look at the purpose of the kingdom of God. Number two, we'll look at the concept of the kingdom of God. And number three, we'll look at the definition of the kingdom of God. Then we'll look at how to enter the kingdom of God. Then we'll look at the difference between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. I know a lot of you have seen, you know, how 
those words are used interchangeably in the scriptures, especially Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ used those words strongly. He talked about the kingdom, and he also, in his stories and parables, will say the kingdom of heaven is like. And there were occasions where he also talked about the kingdom of God. So we're going to look at it. Is there any difference between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven? Praise God. So we'll break that down. Then we will also talk about the characteristics of the kingdom of God. Now, what are the things that makes up the kingdom of God? Then under this particular subtopic, we'll be talking also on who we are in Christ as ambassadors of Christ. We'll link that to the kingdom as well. Praise God. Hope we got that. Let's go to Matthew chapter 13. Let me show you something there. Matthew chapter 13, verse 11. And he said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. Jesus in this place was trying to explain why, you know, he was using parables, but he told them, he said, the mysteries of the kingdom has been deciphered already. You know, growing up as a young child of God, people, when you ask certain questions, they tell you it's a mystery. You know, don't go there, it's a mystery. As I began to grow and, you know, look at the scriptures, I realized that Jesus, as he said here, is that the mystery, all the, all, whatever mysteries that may exist, has been given already. We have the right to know what we didn't know before. The truth of the matter is that there are no mysteries. There might be mysteries to you because you do not know them. But as far as God is concerned, he has exposed everything for us to have access to. Hallelujah. So let's go back to the beginning, the purpose of the kingdom. Let me state here clearly that right from time, what the Oibo man we call Abinishu, right from the beginning, God's original plan is that he will establish and extend his kingdom, his kingdom where he lives, that is the kingdom of heaven, he will establish and extend to earth. So when you look at the Bible, the Bible says, let us create man in our own image. So the intention was God has created this beautiful planet because the intention of him creating the beautiful planet, you must know, is that he wants to extend his rulership. He wants to extend his influence. Because the deal of the matter is this. Every king, every king, the desire of every king is to expand. No king wants to remain small. That is what is responsible in those days when kingdoms fight themselves. When they fight themselves, they extend their power to the kingdom that they have just defeated or conquered. So it's also like that. God's intention was to take heaven where he lives, 
The Bible says that heaven is where he lives. That's where God stays. And earth is the school too. It's clear. So the intention was to take heaven where he lives and therefore extend his power, his dominion, his influence on the earth. So simply put, God's original plan is to take heaven and bring it to earth. Take heaven and bring to earth. And that plan was working effectively well until it was punctured. Now listen to this. When God created Adam, he created Adam, giving Adam the same level of authority that he has in heaven. Listen, I said before, follow me carefully because I'm building. I'm, if you get this concept right from this very, very, you know, uh, message that I'm preaching, every other thing I'm going to be doing in subsequent series is just going to, I'm just going to build it up. We all know, any, any builder knows that the most difficult part in building is the foundation. If you get the foundation right, just, you know, before you know what is happening, the building is going up. You know, painting and putting the louvers and all the doors, those are the easiest things to do. The most difficult thing is the foundation. When you get the foundation right, the building definitely will be right. Therefore, it doesn't make sense. If you want to build a skyscraper, you are using the foundation of a duplex. In no time, that building will crash. That's the truth. So I'm trying to lay the foundation, and it's important that you pay attention to what I'm saying very critically. So don't mind your phone. Don't mind whoever is beside you. Just listen to your pastor at this time. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, like I was saying, every king wants to extend his influence. Every king wants to take his power to the next level. No king wants to remain small. So what God did, God said, I am in charge of heaven, but I need another kingdom. And that kingdom he created is earth. He said, I cannot live in this kingdom, therefore I need people who look like me. My capacity. I need people who look like me, who has my type of nature, who think like me, to be able to live in this kingdom. So when the Bible says, and God said, let us create man. Let us. It was a combination of the Godhead. Let us create man in our own image. After our likeness. What does image mean? Image means direct replica. Split image. The way that God looks, that's the way we look. But the physical version. Because God is a spirit. And so, God lives in the celestial realm, but he created this beautiful kingdom that is ter terrestrial. And he decided to call the name of this creature that will be the king of this beautiful kingdom. And he called him man. So he said, I have a kingdom in heaven. I am extending my power and influence, my kingship and rulership to this kingdom called earth. Therefore, you go and be my representative here. 
So it is what you say in this beautiful kingdom called earth that is what I am saying in where I am in heaven. So God's intention is that man will be the one in charge of earth, not him. Man is only representing him on earth. So it was a fantastic plan. But like I said just now, the plan was punctured. That is why if you see, man had all the characteristics of God. Everything. Man could think. Man could make decisions. For example, one of those characteristics is naming things in defining things. In the kingdom where God is overseen, God is the one that gives names, that defines situations. Okay, he said, man, I have created you. I want you to have a taste of how heaven looks like. Okay? He said, let me give you a taste of power. He said, all those things that I have created, begin to name them. And Adam gave names to everything. He was operating at the same level as God. The Bible says in the cool of the evening that God will come and have fellowship with man. Why was God coming to have fellowship with man? Because there is what we call acculturization. That word is a big word. But you see, acculturization means there is a culture somewhere. You want to bring the tenets of that culture to somewhere. Let me try and break this down. We all understand the concept of colonization, right? Colonization means that an imperialistic government has power and it takes over by force the territory of another government and that imperialistic government acculturizes the government that has been taken. For example, Nigeria was colonized by Great Britain. Nigeria, Ghana, and some countries around. France, colonized country like Benin and, you know, Cote d'Ivoire and some other African countries. If you move down up, maybe in the Latin America, Bahamas was colonized by Great Britain. What is the concept of colonization? It's very simple. It is... I have this kingdom that I have taken over. Therefore, what I'm going to do in those days, sorry, I'll come back to this colonization concept. In those days, when kings fight, they take over the spoils, including the men, the women. If they're able to capture the king, they take the king and they take the king back to their own country. Okay. But there is a certain empire that changed that concept. Makapasi, listen. Don't me this serious. I'm going to show you the reason why Jesus had to come during the time of the Roman Empire. Because the Bible says in Galatians that Jesus had to come for an, you know, in an appointed time. There was a timing. There was a timing why Jesus had to come. Now listen. The first concept was you defeat a kingdom and you take everybody in that kingdom and you take them back. It's there in the Bible. 
the Israelites practiced it. It was a normal practice. But the first kingdom and empire that changed that concept was the Roman Empire. So the Romans said, there is no need for us to begin to bring spoils back to Rome. What we therefore can do is to every kingdom that we capture, let us put our man there. When we put our man who understand our culture, who understand how we think and how we talk, who understand our nature, let our man acculturize the people in that place. So, the Romans, when they capture a place, they put a governor. So, when they capture a place, they put a governor in there. So, the responsibility of the governor is to acculturize the people in that place. They speak the language of Rome. They behave like the Romans. That was the reason. So, today, Pastor Uyi is wearing a suit because we have been colonized by the Englishman. How you get what I'm saying? That is how they dress over there. So, that is the concept of colonization. You bring your culture from wherever you are and you bring it to the kingdom where you have captured. So, it's very simple. What God wanted to do is to say, oh, this kingdom called earth supposed to be ruled by someone who is coming from my loins. That's what the Bible says, that we were in God before the foundation of the world. We were inside of God. God created us out of the things that were inside of his bowels. So what God did is to create man to run things here. Hallelujah. Like I said, the plan was punctured. And man gave that power, that rulership, that influence, that dominion. And he gave it to the devil. And the devil started mesmerizing the earth. Because you see, there's nothing good that comes out from the devil. If you read the book of Genesis chapter 3, how the devil came, the devil, Bible says that the serpent was the most subtle animal that God has created. What's the meaning of subtle? Cunning, deceptive. Okay? And when I was looking at this scripture, ah, I lifted up my hands. I said, wow, this is deep. Listen to me. Let me say here. If you are subtle, if you are cunning, if you are deceptive, it is not a characteristic of God. It's a characteristic of the devil. Whatever name you want to call it. Today we have all kinds of names for what we call 419. You are deceptive. And you give it a good name to make it look sweet. It's not a characteristic of God. It's the characteristic of the devil. The Bible says that, you should, what, what is the, when you say somebody is deceptive, somebody is, um, is cunning, the person operates through lies. Through lies. That's the truth. So, so man lost the kingdom to the devil who was cunning. And we know the story how he collected the kingdom. So when Jesus Christ showed up and he told Jesus, he said, man, you know we can solve this thing once and for all. There's no need for any long thing. No need for you to leave 
you know, the number of years you want to live on this earth. Just bow down to me and I will give you the kingdoms of the world. That was a very cheap deal. You see, if you notice, Jesus did not argue with him. You get that? Jesus did not say, get out from this. Jesus did not argue with him because the truth of the deal is he had it at that time. He had it at that time. That's the truth. But Jesus Christ just quoted a scripture. And that was what settled it. And he moved on. But listen, what Jesus came to do was to reestablish the kingdom of God back to man. In a nutshell. That's what he came to do. So if you look at the scriptures, follow me carefully. I want to shake tables. Check the scriptures. I always encourage everyone here to read the scriptures. Read the gospels according to Matthew, Luke, Mark, and John. Read the scripture. Jesus never preached any other message apart from the message of the kingdom. He never did. He healed the sick. He never preached about healing. He raised the dead. He didn't make it a message. Jesus never preached any message that has to do with enemies dying. He preached the message of the kingdom. The parables that Jesus Christ and the stories that Jesus Christ preached was all centered on the kingdom. He said the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is like a man, is like this, is like that. Because you see, he didn't need to be preaching the benefits that comes with the kingdom. What was relevant was for him to focus on the kingdom. He didn't even preach. How many times did he preach his death? The truth of the matter is, let's get it straight. Jesus Christ is one of the greatest teachers. And the things that he taught us were kingdom messages. Therefore, you ask yourself, what are you preaching? What are you preaching? Are you preaching kingdom? Are you preaching kingdom? So what Jesus Christ came to do, he came to reestablish, to reinstate the kingdom that Adam lost. Very simple. It was because Adam lost the kingdom, that is why death came in. That is why sickness came in. That is why diseases of all sorts came in. So what Jesus Christ came to do was to reestablish and reinstate that very kingdom. And that is why when he did that, he said, I have given you the keys. I've given you the keys. I've given you the keys. The most important thing in life it's not to drive a Lexus Jeep. The most important thing in life is not to live in Banana Island. It's good. If you drive a Lexus Jeep and you live in Banana Island, my God, you are making fantastic progress. In short, you have made tremendous progress in life. But you see, the most important thing in life is to be a citizen of the kingdom. So, Jesus Christ came to restore the kingdom, and the kingdom was adequately restored. Now, let's go deeper. What is the kingdom of God? 
Let me try and break this down very quickly. If you have your Bible, you can write. The word kingdom is from two words. It means king and domain. King and domain. So when we talk about kingdom, we are talking about a king that has a domain. We are also talking about a king that has a territory. Listen, God's favorite type of government is not democracy. God's favorite type of government is kingdom. You didn't hear me. I said God's favorite type of government. That's why if you look at the Bible, the Bible is not a democratic book. Honestly, if you look at the concept of kingdom, you will realize that God is actually an autocratic type of leader. Obey me. It is what I tell you. That is what you do. God is not a democratic guy. He doesn't negotiate. He only gives you instruction. That's all. And if you look at the style of Jesus, it's still the same thing. You see, it's the, it's the style of the kingdom that we are supposed to adopt in church. Because church is an offspring of kingdom. So if you get it wrong, everything you do will be wrong. For example, let me give you a very good example. When it comes to leadership in church, it is not by democracy. You don't vote to say who will be our next pastor and everybody raise hand. Is Pastor Ruth we want? Or is Pastor is the King Favor we want? It's not democracy. Check the scripture. The one that they casted Lot on to replace Judas. After that passage, you hear a name again. That was the end. Because God's style. You see, when they were praying, check it. When they were praying, after they have prayed, they fasted and prayed. And the Holy Ghost spoke and said, separate for me Paul and Barnabas. That is God's style. That is God's style. God's style is not democracy. So I will let you know by the time I'm talking about the difference between the kingdom and democracy, I will show you some differences. Hallelujah. So we have a king that has a territory and a domain. Therefore, the kingdom of God is God living or having influence over a particular domain. I take that again. The kingdom of God is God having influence and power over a particular domain. Praise the Lord. Let's look at Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12 verse 28. But I cast out devils by the Spirit of God. Then the kingdom of God is come unto you. Let's look at Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17 verse 20 and 21. Quickly. 20, Luke 17. And when he was demanded of the Pharisee when the kingdom of God should come... 
He answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Do you have the contemporary version? If you have the t- contemporary version, I would like that. Neither shall they say, Lo, here or lo, there. For behold, the kingdom of God is where? Is within you. Now, the contemporary version in that verse 20 says, The kingdom of God is not in what you see. When the mother of John and, you know, James came and told Jesus, he said, in your kingdom, put one here and put the other one there. Jesus said, listen, in this my kingdom, it is not about who is on top. It's about service. It's about who is ready to serve. And Jesus further broke down what he was saying. Listen, in a nutshell, the kingdom of God is a spiritual concept and a system of government. The kingdom of God is a spiritual concept and a system of government that is bettered by Jesus Christ. It is not a physical government that you want to hold. When Jesus was talking, he said, my kingdom is not of this world. Hallelujah. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. I don't want to overthrow Caesar. I have not come to overthrow Caesar or to drag throne with Pontius Pilate and all the Romans. I am here to restore the keys that the devil stole. So the kingdom of God is within you. He was referring to himself. Therefore, The kingdom of God is a spiritual concept, a system of government that is bettered by Christ. So when you are a citizen of this kingdom, you express the very influence that Adam, Abinishu, was supposed to express. It's as simple as that. Adam was not sick. Adam did not fear death. Adam will not say, oh, I'm traveling to Benin and begin to cover himself with the blood of Jesus. Adam was full of God. Adam did not fear lions. Adam did not fear, you know, um, um, stray bullet or whatever you call it. Adam was the one in charge of the kingdom. So when he lost it, all that Jesus had to do was to come and reinstate that very level. And that is the level that we are now. Hallelujah. I give you more scriptures. Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20. Who is there? Matthew chapter 20. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man that has a householder which went out early in the morning to hire laborers to his vineyard. Go down. Let's let's look at 28. You have message. Let me read it from message. Thank you. Matthew chapter 20, verse 28. Okay. All right, message, fantastic. This is what the Son of Man has done. He came to serve, not to be served, and then to give away his life in exchange for the many who are held what? Hostage. That's why he came. 
Now listen to me. Jesus did not take the kingdom illegally. He took it legally. Jesus paid the ransom. Like you see there, he paid the ransom. What was the ransom? Blood. He paid the ransom. Listen to me, child of God. If you understand the concept of the kingdom, you have no right. I say it with all impunity. You have no right to be oppressed by the devil. He has no right. You have no right to be oppressed by the devil because Jesus Christ has paid the ransom. And who did he pay the ransom to? He paid it to God. By the time we go deeper, I will show you that sin is no longer a consequence anymore because Jesus Christ paid the ransom. He paid the ransom and he took the kingdom back and gave it to us. Therefore, what we should do is to seek the kingdom. Is to seek the kingdom and his righteousness. What does it mean to seek the kingdom and his righteousness? What does it mean to, to, to what, what does righteousness talk about? Righteousness is the rules and regulations that are in this kingdom follow it. It's as simple as that. Right standing. You are right. For example, if you are driving your car. And you get to, to um, what do you call it, a traffic light. If you beat the traffic light, you are an unrighteous citizen. If you beat the traffic light, you are what? An unrighteous citizen. Because the law says you should do what? When, when the red light shows up, the, the law says stop. So Jesus said, seek me. Seek the kingdom. That's all. And every other thing shall be added unto you. Seek the kingdom. Seek righteousness. Righteousness, what have I said in my word that you should do? Do it. That's all. But we don't want to seek the kingdom. Instead, we, want to, we don't want to seek the kingdom. We don't want to follow righteousness. Instead, we want to follow the benefits. It is the unbelievers that run after the benefits. As believers in Christ Jesus, that as citizens of the kingdom, we don't pursue the benefits. Instead, the benefits are the ones that pursue us. Like I said before, God's original intent or mandate was to take heaven and bring to earth. Therefore, as believers in Christ Jesus that have now the kingdom in our hands, we are supposed to live. Like heaven on earth. Thank you, choir, for that song. It's heaven on earth. Not heaven going to, not earth going to heaven. It's heaven coming to earth. So the kingdom of God is a spiritual concept. With Jesus Christ came, like we have seen, he paid the ransom. The kingdom of God is a spiritual outlook. In short, Jesus Christ placed high premium on the celestial more than the terrestrial. He knows that if the celestial is achieved, then the terrestrial will be sorted. Hallelujah. The kingdom of God that Adam lost, Jesus Christ gave it back to us. Let's go to Matthew chapter 16, verse 19. Very quickly, Matthew chapter 16, verse 19. Matthew 16. Message, thank you. 
That's not all. You will have complete free access to God's kingdom. But let's start from verse um, 18, where the story started from. Let's go to 18, Matthew 16, 18. And I'm going to tell you who you are. Really, you are Peter, a rock. The, you know, the, the word translated rock there is Petrus. Then he now said, this is the rock, Petra, a bigger rock. Which I will put together my church. The word translated church there is ecclesiast. In this series, I'm going to be breaking down ecclesiast for you. The word ecclesia is not a religious word. It was formed by Socrates, Pluto, and all the Greek philosophers, but was adopted by the Roman Empire. So if you read the history of the Roman Empire, you will find the word ecclesia in there. But I'll break it down some other time. He said, I'll put together my church a church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. Let's go to 19 now. And that's not all. You will have complete and free access to God's kingdom, keys to open any and every door. No more barriers between heaven and what? Fantastic. That's a good place to shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. No more barriers between heaven and earth. So it's simple. What Jesus Christ came to do was to bridge the gap, was to say, heaven, come to earth. So man, through the kingdom of God, is supposed to express this nature. This nature. That's why we are carriers of the divine nature of God. The Bible says, the seed of God, the semen, that's what the Bible says. It says, see, we are formed by the very seed of God, the semen of God. We carry the nature of God. Jesus was praying in the book of uh, John chapter 17. He said, I do not pray that you take them out of the world. They are in the world. They are not of the world. Because we operate by a different system. We operate by a different government. In the kingdom that we are, witches don't kill us. We are the ones that kill witches. Somebody did not hear me. We are the ones that demons are afraid of. Because we operate based on a different level. We don't operate based on the economy of the earth. Because it is the responsibility of our Father that has given us this kingdom to take care of us. Jesus Christ was never hungry. He was never afraid. He saw the time that he was hungry was when he went. The Bible record, when I mean hungry now, stranded. You know, you can be hungry and you have food to eat, but you don't have access to it. But this type of hunger, you are hungry, there is no food to eat. Jesus Christ was never in that situation. Are you get what I'm saying? He always knew what to do. In one occasion where he went to the fig tree, wanted to eat. Listen, Jesus caused the fig tree because he wanted to teach us a principle about the kingdom. It is what you cause. That's what, what, that's what it will be caused on this earth. That's the, that's the way our, that is the way our government is wired. Our government is not wired to be stranded. We are not wired to be stranded. Check out the scripture. When the Bible says, See, he said, be careful for nothing. 
Why are you anxious? I've not paid my rent. Eh? I've not paid my school fees. I don't have a house. I don't have a husband. I don't have this. I don't have... He said, why are you anxious about all of these things? Jesus Christ was never anxious about all of these things. Because in the kingdom, the way we operate, our modus operandi, is different from the kingdom of the world. Hallelujah. So the kingdom of God is a spiritual affair which Jesus Christ brought to us. He said, no more barriers between heaven and earth. Earth and heaven. A yes on earth is a yes in heaven. Hallelujah. He said, a no on earth is a no in heaven. Praise God. That was what it is in heaven in, in, in the beginning. When Adam said, your name is woman, God said, that is it. Hold back up as in the, That is the oppression of the kingdom where we come from. When he saw the lion, he said, your name is lion. God said, that is it. He stands it. So that is what God, I mean Jesus Christ, brought to earth. You must understand our operations in this kingdom. One of the things we're going to be dealing on is the conduct, the characteristics, and the ways of kingdom citizens. How we behave. Hallelujah. How we behave. How do I relate with my wife? How do I relate with Pastor Nome? How do I relate with Dio? How do I talk to her? For example, let me give you a very simple example. In the kingdom, my time is up. Hallelujah. I'll continue next week. But however, in the kingdom where we are, there is a concept called forgiveness. It's a very powerful concept. There is a concept called what? Forgiveness. We forgive. We forgive. No matter what somebody has done to you. Because in the kingdom where we are, the one that gave us the path to run things in this kingdom lived by forgiveness. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I hear some people say, why will I forgive him when he has not even apologized? Did you apologize to Jesus? Did you apologize to God? That is the standard of the world. You are not from that world. Some of you take to social media when somebody offends you. You know, some of you, you are so happy when you jump at the negative stories of pastors. In the kingdom where we come from, we don't criticize destructively on ourselves. David says something, he said, tell it not in God. Publish it not in the streets of Ascalon. No, you don't do that. If you offense me, I don't go on social media and say all these assistant pastors safe with their big head and all the respect their senior pastor. I don't do that. I don't even call my wife to discuss the matter. Mark Kappa, listen, when you understand kingdom, your life changes. Your conduct changes. In the kingdom, how do you settle disputes? You call your brother. Ah, you call him, I said. The way you talked to me that day, he paid me, but I've forgiven you. And in the spirit of maturity, because your brother understands the concept of kingdom, says, I am sorry. And we what? We embrace. That's the end. Rise up on your feet. This message was brought to you by Church of God Mission International, Church for Real. For more information, log on to our website at www.churchforreal.org. Church for Real. Influence your world.